good evening, good afternoon, good morning, whenever you may be listening to us, and welcome to the Upton 12th Man podcast. This is our third episode today, and my name is Matt Owen. I'm here with you again, uh, just to give you a little intro to what we've got going on today, and also just to update you on a few things, uh, Upton Cricket Club. So today on our episode, the main feature is going to be, as you may well have seen from the title, uh, is going to be a chat that I had with Tom Marsland uh, a couple of weeks ago now as well. Um, This one is all centred around the successful season of 2018, in which the first 11 came tantalisingly close to finding their way into the Premier League, missing out by just three points at the end of the year to witness. So that little discussion is going to be centred around both of our experiences, really, of the the highs of that season. And also we're going to then touch a little bit on the lows that came the year after with our unfortunate relegation to Division 2. So that, as I say, is quite a good listen. It's an insight into the captain's mindset from that season and also just from little bits from myself as well about the uh, about the squad atmosphere at that time. We talk about some individuals, we talk about the team and it's a good listen, so worth sticking about for in a few minutes' time. A couple of quick updates just to add on to uh, what we said last time. Uh, the club is still maintaining the same stance as we were previously uh, with regards to, well, everything um, that's been released by the ECB. Now, I know that a lot of people and from discussions in WhatsApp groups and things may have seen that there are conditional ways in which things can happen at cricket clubs now. Um, as, As a club at the moment and as a governing committee, we are standing by the same principle that we had that the club is currently closed for all activities and remains that way until... Uh, further notice until you're notified Jez is going to come on to one of these podcasts very soon again and he is going to speak a little bit further once we've been able to uh, put a plan in place if there is a plan in place and whatever that might be whether that is uh, that we open or close or keep the nets closed is is at the moment in the hands of the governing committee. So please uh, stay patient. We know that it's a very difficult time and that people are keen to get out and play a bit of sport if they can, but there are a lot of logistics behind such things. So at the moment we are very much still closed for business, and it will stay that way until you are notified. Otherwise, um, I, I know that that's not the good news that some people may have been hoping for. But all I can say is hang fire, wait for the word from the chairman uh, on what's been decided by both himself and governing um, as to whether there's anything that we can do. Uh, But at this stage, we really don't know and we're still seeking clarification on what exactly can happen. So please stick with us on that one and we will get back to you as soon as we can with relation to anything um, that could be changing or may not be changing. Um, So like I say, don't don't change tack on on where we've been so far we've done brilliantly as a club in uh, the sense that people have stayed very patient and we need to keep doing that uh, while we can Uh, further to that um, just a few things with regards to club information again I mentioned it regularly at the start of the podcast we are uh, hosting the quiz again tomorrow um, eight o'clock start for the quiz tomorrow Uh, And it'll be hosted by Barry Burns after a technical difficulty from last week. Uh, We are hoping, or at least we're hoping, that uh, we'll be able to get to Barry again. Uh, But if not, we'll make sure it runs smoothly anyway tomorrow. 
Uh, and also we've got some virtual cricket going on over the weekend. Uh, we're in, as I record this and send it out to you, we're mid-virtual matches on Saturday afternoon. There will be more on Sunday as well. Uh, and also we are still running our performance of the Century competition. Our first stage of round two completed on Friday night with winners uh, Gemma Black, Ian Sharrick, and they go through to play each other in the last 16, and also Joe Green and Dan Owen going through to compete in the second of the last 16 matches. We have four matches live at the moment, and they run through until Sunday evening, so you can still cast your votes if you haven't been onto Twitter to vote for the performance of the century. We'll keep things coming as much as we can on the social media platforms. We're still keen to get out any uh, greatest 11 videos that anyone wants to share or any Upton A to Zs if anyone wants to continue to contribute to those activities. It's been brilliant. It's been well received by everyone that's watched them. Uh, so please feel free to keep contributing to those. Right. So we'll move towards our main feature for this video. Uh, this video, it's not a video, it's a podcast. Um, for this podcast, so I hope it's good listening. It is, again, quite an extended one, this. Uh, it'll be probably the last of our extended podcasts for a little while. They'll be reduced to more sort of your 35-minute mark as we try and keep them a little bit more concise for you. Uh, but this one it is a good listen. It's a really interesting insight into uh, a captain's mindset at that highest level in our club. So I will very quickly uh, introduce both myself, uh, who will be on this uh, this video. Uh, I've said video again, podcast. I'll get it right, won't I? Uh, podcast um, and the first team captain, Tom Marsland. Um, today uh, we have got first eleven skipper uh, Tom Martin with us. Hello, Tom. Hello, everybody. How uh, how is everyone doing? I hope you're all well. Um, well, yeah, that's, that's hoping the same thing, mate. Um, how are you doing anyway? First of all, how are you coping with isolation? Uh, yeah, not not too bad. Obviously, there's a lot of uh, really horrible things going on, so we've just got to grim and bear it that we're stuck indoors. Um, bit weird that cricket should have now. Sort of kicked off pre-season friendlies on what was probably the nicest weekend of the year, which is Sod's Law. Um, but yeah, yeah, coping coping well in general. Always the way, mate, isn't it? I was thinking that on, uh, on Saturday, sat in the garden looking at the glorious weather and how uh, how we had to stay at home and not play any cricket. Typical. Although sitting in the garden with a beer is arguably slightly more fun than cricket. So when some of you lose... Well, there is... There is an argument for that, certainly. Um, but undoubtedly, we'll get the best summer in, in recent memory, having played absolutely no cricket, I'm sure. But uh, yeah. like you say, it's wor- worst things going on in the world at the moment. Um, so we said that uh, me and Tom sort of spoke before this one, and we thought we'd focus um, a little bit on the 2018 and 2019 season. So the the very close first 11 promotion, followed by then um, the unfortunate relegation the year after. Um, so we, we thought we'd focus on those and we thought sort of a good start point would be um, end of 2017 and then how we went. What was sort of the thought process after that campaign of sort of finishing mid-table and just sort of securing in Div 1? Yeah, I mean, after that, that was our main objection um, in our sort of three or five year plan that we put together as a, as a committee and, and a cricketing members of the committee, if you like, uh, with Jez, the, the aim was to secure mid-table um, 
Division One status, and and we did that pretty much exactly. I think we finished um, bang on middle. Um, but yeah, it, it it cemented in my mind that we a were good enough to be there, but b if we did want to to go a bit further, um, there were maybe a couple of areas we could could improve on. And I, I suppose that's a perfect way into to talking about the the, the next bloke as such um, that we we did then drafting. Um, what sort of impact do you think the return of um, Ross had on the, not just the first team but the club as a whole? Uh, it was massive. It was just this one big massive injection of positive energy, um, both on and off the field. Everything he did, um, I've known him pretty much all my life. One of my best mates. So. On a personal note, it gave me a lot of confidence and, and I really enjoyed having him back. But things like the warm-ups he did, the way he, he participated in net sessions, both pre-season and in the season, um, obviously his, his skill on the field, which, which everyone's mentioned in their, their teammates' videos. But just little bits and bobs, little nuggets of information he'd give you. He's played a hell of a lot of cricket at a really high level. So bits of information and bits of support he'd give you. That helped my captaincy as well moving forwards. Um, and then off the field as well, he was really good at the odd social event, organising coaches to away games, just things that as a club we hadn't really done before um, that often. And, and yeah, it was just that injection of positive energy, I think. Yeah, I mean, I've got to say, that was what I noticed about the whole thing as well. It felt like, uh, I, I think, kind of the, the way I would see it is that I know he moved from a, a big Premier League club in Chester and had been very successful, but it almost felt like we'd become a Premier League training team, if you like, the the whole mentality around it was that sort of positivity. Yeah, definitely. I think he, he helped spur others on, didn't he? I'm not sure what, what you think is, obviously I've known him longer uh, than, than you had of at course. the time. Um, just your views as a as a member of the squad um, on yeah what he brought and, and how that changed things. I, I think you pretty much touched on it all, mate. I mean, he brought that sort of that positive environment to, to both and the idea of doing a warm-up before the game in the way that we did. It wasn't just, you know, we went out and hit a few balls or we did a fielding drill and then that was it. It was, right, we'll do proper warm-up, we'll play a bit of footy, we'll, we'll then do proper dynamic warm-ups and then we'll get into the fielding. And we actually did it with match intensity. I always thought that I was actually looked forward to the warm-ups because it felt like you were. it was almost like it was a part of the game. Yeah, definitely. Um, and and that was I think that was a brilliant and obviously like you say he brings a, a whole load of cricketing intelligence and he, he's also pretty funny in the way he does it at times as well <laughs> um, provided some good humour so it, it was just that whole thing of, of and it brought everyone together and I think that's probably what we'll touch on as we go through is how much of a team we became rather than just and you know Upton is is generally pretty good at sticking together as a team, but we do have our times where we become a little bit more individual. Whereas I thought through the whole of that season there was no there was no individuals; it was just a team. Yeah, he quickly developed a really good rapport with every individual, didn't he? There wasn't there wasn't anyone he didn't speak to on a one on one basis. No, absolutely, and and that was a brilliant thing. I mean, obviously he had enough of a enough of a basis to come back in. And uh, and get on well with everybody because he did so. He, yeah, he he very quickly found that and was therefore able to to you know bring in all the things that we said. And I think he said himself, if memory serves, that he sort of felt like because he was coming back in, he was able to implement these things a little bit more, which probably as well because I think everyone looked at him as as a very respected in in the Cheshire. 
yeah, it's a massive boost of confidence getting a, a big name, if you like, as well. Um, securing Absolutely. signing a big name is always always big for any team, isn't it? No, definitely. And he was he was he was bang on the money the whole season as well. I mean, he's great to have someone like that because I remember we weren't sure we were going to get him for every game of the season, and then suddenly he was. He played. I think he played pretty much all twenty-two, didn't they? Or maybe missed one or two at most. I've no, no, there's no way. I, in in the back of my mind, as soon as he said he, he'd sign, but for X number of games, I knew we'd get him for every training session, every cup game, and every <laughs> league game. I've known him for too long to think he's going to miss any cricket. <laughs> oh, I love that attitude. That's the perfect way of doing it, isn't it? But uh, <laughs> no, it, it, it's a huge influence, and obviously. Um, I suppose, sort of leading on from there, we we also got a second season out of Chris MacArthur as well. Yeah, which was going to prove to be the arguably the biggest part of our success that year. No, absolutely. I mean, I, I think, I mean, obviously that that first season helped him. He did pretty well in that first year. But I mean, as we'll touch on, I'm sure shortly, knowing having an overseas that came back and knew the game at Upton was was probably perfect for what we wanted to try and do that year. Yeah, it's not. It, it's bit of an overused cliche in terms of around the club, but it's not just like used to English wickets, it's used to Upton wickets. People don't understand really how, how different they are. Um, whether you think that's for good or for bad, I'm not going to say anything, but people don't tend to get how, how different they are. Um, but yeah, that, that one year of having them, and he, even in his first year, he, he had a pretty pretty high total at the end of the year, runs-wise, um, from memory. But yeah, to come yeah. back from the second year with that experience and the confidence that he can do it already, it, it served us and him in really good stead. Uh, yeah, undoubtedly. And, uh, you know, to, to go for pretty much a thousand league, I think he was just short of a thousand league runs in the end, wasn't he? And then sort of 1,200 total, if you include cups, is is exactly what well, you can't ask for anymore from an no, overseas, yeah, really. season, yeah. So and like you say, we'll sort of touch on that as as we as we go through as well. But you know, it, it, I suppose in a way, as we've said, there it's a, a little bit um, harsh to just touch on individuals because it became very much a team effort, and we had a, a, a lot of players involved in that season, and um, you know the, the whole squad really stood up. I suppose. Yeah, I remember saying in my uh, hot pot speech at the end of that year, sort of a, a recap of the season, if you like, and. And I remember saying that everyone did something. There wasn't a single member of, of that playing squad, if you like, that didn't contribute something at some point. Um, even the, the, the lads who didn't play many games at all, uh, for example, top of my head, Tom Maguire in the, the cup game at Alton Park, which we very nearly won, um, coming in at the end and whacking yeah. it around to all parts. Um important knocks from the likes of Woodsy and, and Johnny as well. Um, just little bits and bobs and then things like McGreary's runs that came at important times in very strange areas. Everyone did something. I think that's the key word, isn't it? Is it was important times that people delivered? Yeah, definitely. There's a, a, a 10 not out can be more important than a, a, a quick 100, if you like, in certain situations. No, absolutely, and I'm sure. I'm sure we'll. In fact, I think that's probably a perfect way to sort of lead us into the uh, the game. I mean, obviously, we previously discussed what we thought might be quite nice to discuss with people. Um, we think we were thinking first game, weren't we, about that that witness game, and it was a game that we ultimately lost, but it sort of really set us on the right path. I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, I had a quick look at the um, the scores for it the other day, and and one thing that, that, that struck me um, straight away 
was that we got one or we got over 180 for the first time in in god knows how long at upton after being invited to have a bat on what i assume was a green top um, oh, usually his first game isn't it yeah so, so straight away that's what struck me i mean granted it was only 181 but we still did it we got maximum batting points and and that uh yeah that that was a really good good start batting wise for the lads and I, I suppose that was, uh, again, so as you say, they're talking about the batting, is that that then became a, really a bit of a feature through the year, didn't it, that we were actually capable of, of making, that we realised we were capable of making those bigger scores. It's a bit of a, an Upton hoodoo, if you like, that we, we're not a very good batting team and we're a bowling team and all of this, and it actually showed that we can do it. Yeah, it was, it was a really strange one, in a sense, because I don't know what happened to the pitches, as far as I'm aware. There wasn't too much too much difference preparation-wise. But there were two occasions when we were in a position to declare after batting first on 240-250. There were yeah. further occasions where we were, well, I mean, we're regularly 160-plus. Um, the only the only uh, games that we were below that sort of level were the ones where we really sort of exploded and got bowled out for 70, which I think was only one against Oxton. Um, so, um, yeah. The batting really supported the bowling, whereas a lot of the times we rely on the bowlers, the batting really supported it that year. No, absolutely. I, I think that sort of shows in, in what we'll, we'll talk about as we go through. And like you say, so some of those big scores as well were against some of the strong or the deemed stronger sides in the league as well. Um, yeah, definitely. So, and obviously we'll touch on those in a minute. So, obviously that witness game was was quite a big one. I mean, like you say, the, the batting wise, and then even in the field, I remember we had them relatively restricted. I think sort of fifty, sixty for four on the chase, and we were thinking we were in the game, and obviously we sort of got a little bit of a a, a blitz from there overseas, if you like, and he uh, he took the game away from us, didn't he? Yeah, I think it was it was a tricky one to take that because um, at the end of the game, it, it didn't feel the fairest result. Um, especially first game of the season, you go into it with this big level of excitement, don't you, after a, a winter of doing nothing. Um, and it, it felt quite unfair because, as you said, it was it was a magical knock from a, a, a very good pro. Um, and we had them on the ropes at one stage as well. So it was, it was tricky to take um, and it did feel like we deserved more out of the game. And I obviously completely agree with that and felt exactly the same on the day, but I think sort of... Sorry, mate, I lost you there. It's all right, don't worry about it, it happens. Um, I, would, I was saying that I thought the, the important thing about that game was the way we were able to sit down after the game and talk about it. Yeah, it felt like, um, even though it was tough to take that we lost, it did feel like as a team we were we were on the right track, we were, we were on the, the path to achieve things, win games. Um, as you alluded to before, it, it, the whole season was a big team effort and it, it felt that was the start of being a really tight-knit group and being able to be open and honest with each other, having proper debriefs, especially after the first game, that weren't a case of singling people out and saying, you did that wrong. We weren't about that at all. We were about celebrating the points that we did really well and, and it felt like that was the, the start of the upward curve. Oh, absolutely, and, and like you say, it was. I think we probably got six or seven, seven, eight, something like that, out of the game, didn't we? We actually, took, instead of taking it as a negative, like we may have done in the past, we took it as a, as an actual positive that yeah, we'd been like we said before, beaten by one bloke, and therefore the points that we'd taken were actually points gained rather than, than, points lost, if you will. 
Yeah, it's uh, another thing um, that season. When we lost by the, the odd game, we tended to lose or draw well rather than lose and get no points. We'd, we'd pick up points here and there and, and they, they all add up, don't they? No, oh, absolutely. And, and we're to prove to nearly be so key at the end. Yeah. Um, I suppose we'll I suppose we'll go um if we go second week of the season and then the the trip to, to Bollington and I suppose you, you mentioned key little innings there. Um and there, there were a few of those on that, that Bollington day as well, if memory serves. It was a real low scorer on a, a shocking wicket, wasn't it? Um again. Yeah. Lost the toss and got asked to have a bat. Um Chris got a few. I think you got a few. Um Ross and then I think Probably uh, and was that one of the days McGreary got a few magic runs as well, but um, I think he did. Yeah, I, I remember Johnny Whitley Bailey, and we were laughing at the time because he batted for absolutely ages for not not very many. Um, but it, what actually that meant was it allowed Ross to get his thirty forty odd, um, and and he he was just there as his partner who was uh, refusing to get out as as sort of ugly as it may have looked at the time it, it proved vital in the end because as we all know it was a, a last ball thriller well and that's obviously the next point to come on to isn't it i mean what what sort of impact do you think the the winning that game off the last ball had on on therefore what was to come oh it's massive it's that confidence isn't it it's that it's uh, you see as much as I hated it at the time, that Man United team under Fergie always scored in extra time. Uh, the, the All Blacks in rugby are always scoring tries near the 80th minute. If you yeah. can win the games that look like they're fizzling out into a draw or a loss uh, at, at the last moment, that's the sign of A, a good team, and B, uh, it gives you real confidence as well. Absolutely. I, I suppose the, the whole nature behind the victory as well and the fact that they could actually still win the game off the last ball as well. It was such a... I mean, it was a brilliant game to be part of. I can't imagine what it would have felt like to be on the, the losing side of that game. But um, the, just, the, the, I suppose, the nature of the, the wicket as well for the final wicket, it was just remarkable. Yeah, I think we, we managed the game quite well. Um, from memory, rather than it fizzling out into a draw, because even though it was a low scorer, I think they had a really, really slow start, didn't they? Um, yeah. And it, it could, they could have quite easily shot up shop, but we, we kept attacking, uh, almost tossed the ball up quite nicely for them to go after, and they had a couple of lads who, who got a few and, and got them back to a point where off the last ball they needed a boundary to win it. Um, so we'd, we'd managed that. It maybe went a bit too close to the, the wire for my liking, but <laughs> obviously it, it made it made the celebrations so much better, and it was a blinding catch from memory as well, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, it was Chris on the boundary, wasn't it? A deep, a deep mid-wicket. I mean, of, of all the places that you think, not thinking a last last ball of the game victory is going to come, it probably wasn't there, was it? But it was it was um, it Ross Ross bowling, and he basically bowled him a underarm pie <laughs> to see if they could. Get <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Basically, invited them to win the game, and uh, thankfully, the the fella didn't quite manage to oblige in uh, in hitting it over the fence, which was uh, rather. Yeah, we said in, Sorry, in hindsight, didn't we? We should have just uh, let it go for four and, and taken the tie. <laughs> it would have saved a lot of stress. Well, it would have done, but uh, yeah, alas, the, the twenty-five was, as we said, so yeah, big for the season from there. Um, 
Yeah, and then I suppose, like you say, those kind of those winning moments. I've done, another one that we didn't mention before that's just popped into my head here is um, is Davenham at home. I think it was about fifth or sixth game where we won by a wicket. Yes, I do remember that. Um, that was a real squeaky bum time jobby, wasn't it? Um, I suppose it was. It was one of those again, like you say, those moments where someone stood up. And if memory serves, it was Dave Williams. I think they knocked off the runs at the end, getting yeah. his, pretty much his only twenty odd of the year, but at the absolute gets, perfect time. Yeah, he gets one a year, doesn't he? One really important knock of, sort of twenty <laughs> to thirty. You can always, always rely on one a year to win you a game, um, which is a, a hell of a quality. I think um, it was mentioned, was it by by Ross in a teammates type thing? Is gritty, weird batting that that works when it needs. Yeah. To. Absolutely, um, but yeah, it, it was um, it was a low scorer, wasn't it? Again, and I think we probably we bowled first, and we probably came in a bit overconfident, thinking, ah, oh, we've we've skittled them here for sort of one forty. Um, yeah, this should be an easy chase. We should do this quite easy. Um, and yeah, then we were down to the last wicket. So yeah, Dave, big runs when it counts, and and Ross as well got a few. Um, yeah, well, I mean, we were we were in a in a slightly. I mean, I'm not going to mention who ran out the overseas, but somebody ran out the overseas. <laughs> um, and that was sort of the first time, I suppose that was the first time that we'd had to do it without him as well in that year because he'd, he'd made substantial contributions in all of the games prior to that. Yeah, it, again, it, it's that, that team element, isn't it? It's li- little chipping away innings from, from different people when they, they were needed because as much as Chris scored runs most games, it, it wasn't every game and we, we did need to win those games as well. Um, and uh, it, I, I suppose that was that's a big confidence booster to show that we could do without him as well. Yeah, it was one of the. I think that was probably one of the the games where we started using the word in betweenies um, yeah. about about scores after after either setting a mid a sort of lowish total or, or chasing a lowish total. I think it was Warbo that came up with it. It was always the first man to be fair, actually, to make sure no one's going into anything with too much confidence. Um, especially Absolutely. things like batting chases because he's been around the club for long enough to know, as have most of us now, that Upton teams throughout the ages love a batting collapse. Well, absolutely. And I, I suppose, it's, it's as we said before, that thing about batting at Upton as well to an extent is that something different can happen. I mean, we, we've always said, haven't we, we quite like defending 140, 150 because we think that other teams just think they're going to walk it when actually when you're playing it. At Upton, that's effectively equivalent of a 200 chase on a road, isn't it? Yeah, low score can be uh, be your friend sometimes. Lull them into a false sense of security, safe from the knowledge it's going to roll underground second innings. <laughs> and it and it always does at Upton without <laughs> fail, as uh, as Mister Sumby has uh, shown on so many occasions. Yeah. Um, so, and I, I suppose that leads. Uh, we, we said we weren't going to dwell on this one too much, but um, sort of probably the the most. <laughs> Um, standout game for for me um, of that season would have been against Hyde, as you sort of touched on in your uh, teammates' video against the side that were so far ahead in in theory of of everyone else in in that division at the time. Yeah, I, I won't go on about it too much. I wax lyrical enough about it in my teammates, and I'm sure everyone else did too. Um, but that that was the moment. Um, I remember we were on the coach that day. It was the Champions League final. So we we sort of got on the coach straight after the game um, without showering, without having a chance to reflect on, on what's happened. And I was I remember sat there on the way back 
and one of the very rare quiet moments on that journey. Just that was the real Christ. This is actually this is happening now. We we could do this. That was that was when it kicked in for me. Um, looking around and everyone, the the sort of confidence and the buzz everyone got out of a performance like that. That was a proper standout moment of oh Jesus, what's happening? Are we actually going to get promoted? That was yeah. That's when it kicked in. Well, I, th- I think it was as as we've sort of said regularly enough, haven't we, on our teammates? I know I touched on it on teammates, and I know you did, and various others have. Um, is that it was like you say that it really was that moment that we thought actually can we compete with these people? Because I, I think up until then we played teams that we sort of we thought there was a possibility that we could beat them and that we'd we'd be able to hold our own with those sort of few what we deemed maybe as the mid tables as such, but then. We played against them, and it was like, "Wow, this this is actually something that we could maybe do week in, week out." Yeah, I remember joking uh, about Hearted, saying when they got relegated, it was a massive shock, and they 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 definitely didn't have a team that should have been relegated. Um, and, and I joked saying, "Oh, they'll they'll win every game; they'll be promoted by mid June." And whilst they were still promoted quite early, and they they did win most games, it was it was Little Upton that could compete with them. Well, and that was it through the season, wasn't it? I think pretty much we were the, the only side other than the, I think there was maybe one or two other little blips that were, were deemed big surprises. But both games that we played against them, and you know we'll, we'll touch on the other one in a minute as well, is, is that we were, we were right in both of those games and probably should have, should have really won both games. Yeah, arguably should have. And, and if we did, it would have been a totally different story. Um, how the rest of the... Of course. The, the next season panned out uh, but that was a game Ross was a massive help in both those games as well just the experience playing against better players more regularly because we've all played good cricket against players but he's come fresh out of the league they're in after winning the league that they're in um, so his, yeah. his assistance on the field in both those games was massive as well No absolutely and I, I... Would completely agree with that as always. He, he steered, well, helped steer the ship very well, didn't he? So, and yeah, was definitely. obviously a massive part, massive part with the ball in hand as well um, in both of those games. His memory serves because he, he took some some big wickets. I remember second game. I remember getting Duffy out at home, and that was sort of at the time when the game was right in the balance. It was his, it was a big wicket, and it was just yeah, it was two great games of cricket, I suppose. Yeah, he loves playing up to a crowd, does Ross. <laughs> well, he certainly took some big wickets in that year. Right? Um, yeah. So we'll sort of wrap up the. the I mean, we've, we said we were going to keep this off, and look at us going. Um, talking about cricket, we enjoy it. Um, I think sort of last last important game of that first half of the season, really for us, would have been would have been Bowden away, another team that were deemed to be sort of of Premier League potential. Yeah. Uh, that that was a ridiculous game. Um, we'd sort of lost, essentially, hadn't we? We were we were on Absolutely. the chase, chasing chasing over two hundred. On as we all know from that year, Bowden's pitch isn't the pitch everyone thinks it is, or it used to be. It was a bit of a minefield, and we were chasing two hundred. Um, their opening bat fired a hundred. Um, they had a few like bits and bobs innings down the order. We yeah. took a bit of a hammer in. We were a bit sort of down at tea, thinking, shit, how are we going to do this? And then I think you and Chris got off to a, a decent start. You got a few runs. Uh, Chris got a couple as well. 
Um, but after that, that the collapse started, and we were really in the shit, um, and and could potentially lose lose a game that that we we needed to win at that time to stay up with the chase. And uh, yeah, then Warbo and, and Mike McGreary just pulled something special out, and both got important runs at the end, and somehow. And I still don't know how got us over the line. No, I, I think we all sort of still in a bit of a, a bit of a haze as to exactly what happened there. It was the most remarkable sort of half an hour of cricket I think I've ever seen. Because I, I mean, I've, I've, like you say, I got got a few myself, but I was I was out at, I think about 140 for six in the in the 40th over, and we you know we needed seven seven eight and over for the last ten. Yeah, it wasn't just the wickets, in, was it? It was the run rate as well. It was madness. It what? was a crazy day. It was it was just the it, it was literally the most insane half an hour of cricket I think I've witnessed. I mean, McGreary doing. I was sitting with you. Sorry, mate. I was sitting with you and Dan, um, and I just remember saying to Dan, "Oh shit, we're like we're we're actually going to win this now. This is bizarre." <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it was it was just it was just not an Upton thing to do either, was it? I mean, I think that was for for me. I mean, you mentioned about the hide game there as being the moment that you realised we could possibly do it. I think that was the one for me where I thought, "Oh, hang on a minute, we're actually there's actually a really good chance we're going to get promoted here because it was just it was so out of the blue." That those seventy, and yeah. I think we knocked them off with like two or three overs to spare as well, didn't we? It wasn't like it went down to the last over. It was, it, you know, we were ended yeah. up comfortable. I think once we got the rate to back to what was semi comfortable, and the wickets weren't falling as regularly, I think we just thought let's keep going at the same rate. And I think, yeah, I think it was second to last over we we finished it. But and I mean, I suppose that's the, that's the thing I'm saying. Is it, is it ultimately once once we got to a rate that was comfortable, it never felt in any doubt anymore, which was ridiculous. Yeah, crazy, crazy day. But then, obviously, um, that sort of I, I, I assume we were still very much in the top two at this point, and, and we got to to halfway in the season, and we we sort of just kept kept plugging out victories against against teams that uh, that were coming to us, knowing that we were. Almost, I, th- I suppose it was a completely different feeling for me as a, as a cricketer at Upton. Is that we sort of knew we were the better team. We felt like we were going to win, and it felt like oppositions turned up and thought we were going to beat them. Yeah, it was, it was strange. It took a bit of adjusting too, because in all my years at Upton, um, it's been very rare that we've always been a good team, but it's been very rare that we're we're the team that people are, are scared of travelling to. Um, so I think the, the adjustment maybe was a little slow to that feeling, um, which it's hard to do, isn't it? And maybe that was ultimately the downfall of losing tight games or, or not getting over the line in tight games, wickets-wise. Maybe it was because we didn't maybe adjust to that that feeling of being the the, the big fish, if you like. Yeah, I, I think I probably agree with that. And, to, and towards the back end, it was it was difficult. Um, and there probably probably were a few games where that that maybe did happen, and I think about matches that we that we could have won that we didn't. I'm thinking you mentioned earlier on about being in a position to declare at two fifty at Upton. Probably the prime example of that was was the Sale game where I think we declared in the in the forty fifth over with two hundred and fifty, and yes. we weren't two hundred. We were only two or three wickets down as well. Madness! You got a hundred with a broken finger. Well, we, we did. Putting that. Thanks, thanks for mentioning that, mate. And we'll. Uh, <laughs> I'm more than happy to talk about that in huge detail, but I won't because that will put people to sleep. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, obviously, we got ourselves in a very good position. Um, 
and then that was one of those games where we we couldn't quite seal the deal and whether that was down to ourselves or maybe a little bit of stubbornness from the opposition which we you know we won't talk about too much but um you know a game there where we had 55 overs to ball and couldn't quite finish the job yeah it was frustrating when certain days you can't do anything about it other days it's down to maybe lack of intensity um maybe the bowling not being uh in the right areas at the right times but i think this was a mixture of of all of those it was our good friend keith wasn't it who didn't didn't want to give his wicket away <laughs> um which is fair play to him but it, uh, hmm, blocking out for a draw for that long and ending up as close as they did they're only 20 or 30 short in the end so it showed that they could have quite easily chased it and made it a a really good game um but look they they did what they wanted to do and got the draw out of it and we couldn't quite get over the line i don't i suppose again that sort of comes with with that mentality that maybe we we had at the time and other teams had at the time against us is that maybe maybe in hindsight we could have been a little bit more prepared for them to do that and and could have gone different ways because ultimately i think they maybe saw themselves as slightly Sorry, mate. Completely lost you again there. He's back. I think my, I think it may, I got a phone call then, so it may have been that there was crossing signals. Um, I said that. I, uh, did you hear any of what I said? Uh, the mentality around them coming as as underdogs, I, I got to. Yeah, I mean that was pretty much it, mate. I was just wondering if if you thought whether that had any of any of the effect as to why they then decided they wanted to go for the draw. I think 100%. I think we've been in that boat at times where you're playing against a better team and if you can get a draw, it's actually a really good result for you. Um, and I think arguably it's, it's fair enough. It, it kind of makes sense if you're coming expecting to lose, but you get yourself in a position where you can get a few extra points for a draw and say you haven't lost. Yeah, yeah makes sense in, in a boring way. one of the examples that, that you I don't think you played did I think Ross was captain at Witness away if memory serves but that was another one where um, we we dominated the game from start to finish it was it must have been World Cup course final day I think it's when we started early and then proceeded to miss the entire anyway um, yeah it was yeah, I was on holiday yeah, yeah and uh, that was another one that we were very, very close to winning and probably should have won, but got, got sort of stubbornly resisted for 20 overs by uh, by witness. And ultimately for them, um, that would prove to be uh, massively important come the end of the year. Yeah, it's those small, small moments and small margins, isn't it? Um, yeah, well, I can't say too much about the game. I wasn't there, but I remember everyone's feedback of how how disappointing it was that that you just couldn't quite get over the line. I know, yeah, that, that was it. it was, and we were so clear, and we should have really in that one. I mean, that was probably of of those games that we mentioned there, the more disappointing one for me because it felt like we were so in control of that game and we just couldn't quite finish the job. And fair play to them, like I say, because ultimately that result for them took them up as opposed to us, and yeah. um, that was that was huge. So. Um, but I mean, not to dwell too much more on this season because we've talked about a lot of the positives already, and obviously we, we mentioned the second Hyde game in which we came so close as well. In what's probably probably one of the best 
games at Upton for a long time, I would imagine. Yeah, it was it was ridiculous. It was another one of them where we we yeah we kind of let them back into the game yeah. on purpose yeah. to try and get closer to the win, um, and we all but did it. Um, it was an absolute thriller. I, and to I mean to lose by a wicket again. I mean I know we said that that it was it was tough to take at the time, and because we thought we should have won the game, it was difficult. But I mean, again, competing with that side and what was ultimately a brilliant individual performance from uh, from Danny Perry, I remember as well to to knock off the runs for them. Um, I mean, I, I don't think I've witnessed an innings of that caliber in such a short space of time. I think got eighty off about fifty balls, didn't need to win it for them. I mean, you, sometimes you just got to tip your hat to people like that. Yeah, it's when when you do it, isn't it? Like you've got big players in teams, but and things like that at that time when the the game and their position of finishing as champions probably even was was in the balance. He stepped up big time, didn't he? Yeah, and I mean, obviously, obviously, we'd we'd seen already seen a special innings that day from Chris and getting the hundred and thirty to put us in that position. But I thought that was an innings of probably equal caliber, and um, that that ultimately you just had to. Like we say, you just have to tip your hat. I remember in reverse sweeping and sweeping Ross, and you know nobody did that to Ross. It was it was just a remarkable, remarkable little innings. But again, fine margins, isn't it? And I, I suppose the, the the only other game I can really think of mentioning would would then be Barrow. Yes, yeah, that was a, another tricky one to take. I think that was a that was the one one example where I can safely say we were complacent. Absolutely. Um, Barrow were, I'm not, were they bottom of the table? Or they were definitely near the bottom of the table. Yeah. And uh, yeah, to we did we bat first and got two two thirty odd. Well, it, was, it was another yeah, one. Wasn't yeah, it? We, we got a fair few runs on what was a good pitch. To be to be fair, um, and then yeah, we we essentially let them chase down down two thirty. They were seven down, so we we got close, but it, it just. Arguably, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't very good that day. It wasn't good enough attitude wise. Well, it was it was a little bit of almost Bowden reverse, wasn't it? it was done on us, and I mean, yeah. we, we just we just sort of allowed it to happen as well. If, like you say, it was. I think they put on sort of sixty seventy for that eighth wicket, didn't they? And that just you know ultimately in the position we were in and the the cricket we were playing just shouldn't have allowed to happen. And undoubtedly, complacency is the word there. Yeah, once once you get the momentum in cricket, it's a weird one. Probably more than any other sport. Once you get that momentum, it's so difficult to stop, isn't it? Absolutely, and it was. Yeah, it was. I think sort of that probably then defined the end of end of the season for us, didn't it? It just meant that we couldn't quite get over the line. And if memory serves, I think I think we did bounce back from that. And I think I feel like the Bowden game might have been the week after, and, and we did. Um, yeah. We- that we, you know, we we did bounce back, but it was it was ultimately a real killer because I remember sitting there after beating Oxton on the last day and listening to the witness scores coming in. I, I think it was against Barrow actually. I think they I think they were played Barrow on the last day and they were able to. Yeah, it got close as well, didn't it? Well, it did, but they were able to do what we what we didn't and, and get over the yeah. line. Yeah, it, I'm just looking at a few of the scores now. I think. The, the Barrow game put us down into the third, so it wasn't in our control anymore, unfortunately. Um, but then the week after, I think we took a, a very, very understrength side to Ermston and got pretty fairly beaten. Um, 
and then we had a, a rain out right, the following yeah. week. We were the only team in the county that even started, I think. Um, we somehow managed to persuade the umpires to go uh, out. Yeah. And then, again, Sod's Law started teaming it down after we went out. After I think, it, it, I'm not sure whether it was you or Chris, but in that first over, someone absolutely cracked a boundary. And I just thought, like, Oh, yeah, that was me. Just, yeah. just remember thinking, like, oh, this isn't actually going to happen, is it? We're not going to get a full game in here and actually go second again. But, alas, it didn't yeah, work in our yeah. favour. Uh, it started raining again. I mean, we went into the last game knowing that if we won, we we, we had a chance. Um, I think we we just needed to get, was it... Uh, if we got 25, Witness needed to get something like 15 to go up. Was it something like that? Yeah, it was, I think it was effectively a, a, a high-scoring high draw, wasn't it, that they needed? So, it yeah. Was, um, so um, yeah, beating Oxford in the last game, we, to be fair, we, we put in a really good performance uh, and we battered them. So that was nice. No, absolutely. And if there's ever a way <laughs> you want to finish the season like that. Yeah. So, sorry, mate, what was that? I lost that bit. Yeah, I was just saying the feeling afterwards, after we'd come down from the fact we'd we'd battered them and we were looking at scores coming in, that feeling wasn't um, wasn't quite as good. No, absolutely, absolutely. But um, yeah, those one of those fine margin points or whatever it was in the end um, was was obviously tough to take, but um, a brilliant campaign that I think anyone that was involved in it will. Will remember fondly. Yeah, definitely It'll live live long in the memory. And then I suppose we we jump into the the sort of cycle that we we said we were going to talk about. We probably won't talk about this one for as long because we probably don't have as many fond memories of this one. Um, the, <laughs> no, the, no, definitely not. The following 2019 season. Yeah, um, it was it was a weird one. Just to kick it off from the start. I think just nothing seemed to go right. It, those things where where you start losing that that rub of the green you had the previous year, people were finding ways to get out that you didn't know were possible. Um, we probably go on about them too much, but umpiring decisions weren't going our way. Whereas the previous year, arguably, we got the better of the the umpiring decisions that that were maybe fifty fifty calls. Um, yeah. Obviously, Ross leaving to move to Australia halfway through the season never helps, um, but we were quietly confident we'd be at least safe mid-table by then. Um, look how wrong we were. Um, and then just looking back, at, I had a quick look at the, the scores and the games, and so many games were rained off. I didn't realise quite how many. And obviously, when, you, when you're scrapping for points and needing to get a few more points than, than teams around you, and then everyone gets seven, it just you just lose time every there were certain weeks uh, where we'd have uh, the previous week was rained off and then we'd have the next one rained off and all of a sudden, uh, yeah, we've only got three games left now and we're, let's say, 10 points adrift, whatever it is. You you start to really struggle. Time runs yeah. away with you. Yeah, no, I would completely agree with that. I think we were, I think the, the elements of misfortune that we did receive that we didn't the year before, it really went from one end of the spectrum to the other, didn't it? It was, it was such a massive change um in in fortune yeah definitely um it it takes a lot to sort of not get used to that because you can never get used to being unlucky things happening um but it it was a massive shock to the system and and one we never recovered from and there there were changes to the team as well obviously 
different overseas in in Connor, who's a brilliant lad and and potential to be a brilliant cricketer. But first year in England, a mix of injuries, rubbish weather, and and poor form at times. He he had a, a really tough year. Um, still a brilliant lad off the field, which was a really good good show of his character. Um, Leachy came in um, as a as a seamer, and he, he had some good games, um, but. Again, it's a new face to a team that did so well the year before, um, and, and obviously Ross leaving as well, and, yeah. and various injuries, um, people not being available. Um, obviously, everyone's allowed holidays, but just at the times they fell, they were this, say, the important games. Um, it was just one of those years. It was, it was tricky. Well, I think, I think you hit the nail on the head there. Is the 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 times that we lost people the season before to, to say holidays or something like that. Or, I mean, I don't think we have, I wouldn't have said we had any injuries in 2018. No. I can remember, but we've just had people pick, picking things up at the wrong time, going away at the wrong time. That meant that we had a weakened team for like, say for a big game. And it, it's purely circumstantial, isn't it? Cause as you say, obviously this is amateur cricket we're playing. You're not going to tell people they can't go on holiday. But it, it just always seemed that these events or, you know, someone going off to a wedding or whatever it might be, it just seemed to happen at the wrong time. All yeah, the time. next year, if we get back playing, um, we'll have to have some kind of holiday road to where everyone picks what week they miss. <laughs> Fortunately, life doesn't that's, work that's like a good that. idea, mate. Well, and that is the nature of it. And we, we can't, when, you know, it's, we're little Upton ultimately, aren't we? We're not similar to some of these bigger teams, even in even within our county setup that can sort of say, you know, we're, we're giving you some money for this, so therefore we need you to be here for this, this and this, which I suppose is slightly, yeah. slightly different ultimately, isn't it? So that's sort of a, a luxury that we don't have any, probably even if we did, we wouldn't choose to take because it's not the nature of the club that we play for. Yeah, I totally agree with that one, mate. It's, uh, it's one of those things, amateur sport, maybe we... Uh, as as the badgers that we are, we get a bit too deep into it. <laughs> I think we probably do, but uh, yeah, a lot of other people might be uh, a little more, a little more relaxed about such things. And uh, obviously, we are as well. We appreciate that, that other people go on holidays. It's just you know, it's, it's maybe something that we do slightly less. But um, you know, it's like we say. I mean, I, I still I probably miss two games a year, so I'm a massive hypocrite. Well. 20 games is a good effort, mate. It's, that's sort of the benchmark, <laughs> isn't it, as, as far as I'm concerned. But it's uh, it's each to their own. And obviously, that's like we say, that's the nature of, of the club that we play for, is that we would never begrudge anyone that. And um, we're ultimately playing cricket to have fun. And although probably 2019 was slightly less fun, we, we, we did. I mean, we managed to take some of the some of the humour from what was ultimately a difficult season, I think. I mean, we're definitely... Um, socialised very well last year. I think it was there were so many laugh or cry moments. Yeah, we tended to take the laughter approach. Just got hammered. Yeah. So I mean, socially, it was it was a really good year. Just <laughs> cricketing wise, it was the complete polar opposite. Well, drinking away the thought of the cricket mate was uh, was was always a good option on a Saturday night. To be honest, <laughs> um, yeah. there were very few occasions on which it wasn't. this is probably the main one that I wanted to touch on from this season as a positive would, would be Ross's final game um, at home against Brooklands in what was ultimately a display of cricket that that rivaled 2018 in a way is probably the only occasion in that season that we did Yeah, it was nice that, that we showed we were still able to do it um, 
and we did obviously batter them as well. I'm just looking back now. Um, it, it showed we still had it in us. It was weird. It must be the only game we won last year, was it? Um, well, but, it feels yeah. like it. Yeah, it's just one of the, it's weird when obviously things like that happen in sport, like footy players score on their last appearance or, or whatever, and it was a bit like that for us, really. Absolutely. Um, got wickets, and uh, then obviously we we stuck him up to open the batting as well, and he got a rapid fire fifty when we we're only chasing seventy. I don't really know how how things stars aligned so well, but it was a a fitting send off for someone who's, who's been a good servant to the club and and other clubs around Cheshire as well. He's he's loved by everyone, so I'm sure everyone would have been been happy with that I, that return he got this game. I think even even the opposition was sort of. Um relatively content with the way that that player I mean if you're going to get battered at least get battered with um, with having someone like that doing something special in their, in their final game and I know that everyone around the county would have been rooting for him on that day and it was a, a, such a fitting way for him to, to finish off at Upton to, to walk off on his own bat, bat raised 50 not out it was perfect Yeah definitely it's nice to get it finished early as well it was a sunny day wasn't it oh, we were was. in a Lovely. We were sat on the outfield with beers and Jägermeister and God knows what <laughs> about two o'clock in the afternoon. It felt like it was a long night, but it was a good night as well. We had uh, one of Ross's best mates and one of my best mates, Jay, came back from London to, yeah. to sort of, maybe didn't play, but to watch the game. Um, we had Chester lads and, and and lads from other clubs popping in on the um, on the way back from their games to have a drink with Ross before he left. It was just a really good club day. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant environment and probably the the standout of of twenty nineteen ultimately and what otherwise was was a disappointing one. Yeah, definitely, mate. But as we say, not to not to dwell too much on that. Like we said, there was a lot of different things that sort of aligned that that meant that it wasn't quite to be and. Um, you know, we were obviously looking forward to this season, but hopefully we can sort of take the, the same names that we've recruited into into what will now be. Well, I say we may play some cricket this year, but it obviously won't be for promotion or relegation. So it'll it'll just be playing cricket as such. But for for twenty twenty one, still confident of of Chris returning and hopefully holding on to someone like Wardy or something like that. Yeah, definitely. It's um, I was really excited about it. It felt like. Uh, bit of a clean slate, fresh start, um, hopefully going down a league and strengthening the squad would have made it a much more fun year cricket-wise and results-wise, which obviously then leads on to the other, enjoying the other stuff, enjoying the training sessions, enjoying the socials. Um, but yeah, not to be. Um, cricket's a very small sacrifice to make for everything else that's going on in the world at the moment. So yeah, we'll just have to suck it up and hope we can A, get a bit of friendly cricket in before the end of the summer and B, get a proper proper season the same players. I've got you back. Um, where, where, where I, I heard you to friendly cricket, mate. Yeah, get some friendly cricket in and, and yeah, um, take the same squad into the following season if we if and hopefully when we, we get that off to a start. No, absolutely, and I, I think the point you make is is a particularly valid one. Is that ultimately we're we're a very small part of um, what's going on in the world at the moment. And yes, we can be upset that we're we're missing out on a cricket season, and ultimately people will be in it. It can be difficult to take. I mean, I, I know I said to you on uh, 
on Friday, well, depending on when this actually goes out, but it would have been Friday, the 10th of April, before what would have been the pre-season friendly at um, Northup felt because of the weather being so nice. It, it did feel weird and it felt strange, but you take a step back, don't you? You think, actually, in the grand scheme of things, we're not having it too bad. We're still getting a lot of stuff out there. We're still doing a lot as a club and doing things like this that hopefully people can, can listen to and enjoy. And it actually shows that we're, we're just a, a small part of a big effort, country and worldwide. Yeah, definitely. I think one of the, the sort of small positives to take, I don't know about you, but I'm finding myself speaking to people a lot more that I maybe haven't spoken to for too long. Catching up with old friends in Australia who I play cricket with, yeah. uh, speak to Ross and Jay more regularly um, and, and Chris Cunningham, uh, another very good friend. Uh, is that's If you're going to take positives, that's a massive one to take. No, absolutely, and even you know you say that within the cricket community and its wider community as well, isn't it? Like you say, it's it's not just it's a great opportunity for people to do that kind of thing, and we 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 have to try and look for the positives in a time like this, and uh, and that is certainly one way. It's been it's been good to be able to, and I think people have started, like you say, people have started talking more again now. It's we we live in a world where we can um, because of the beauties of social media and things like what we're doing right now, but. Um, it's yeah, it's it's a luxury that we we need to try and make the most of in what is otherwise quite a, a taxing time for us all. Yeah, I completely agree, mate. Well, um, I, I suppose that sort of brings us to a natural conclusion, mate. Um, thank you massively for for your time. I mean, what have we got out of that? About fifty minutes, which hopefully won't have uh, bored too many people to death. And if they are still listening at this point. Um, <laughs> I suppose I suppose we better say thank you to them for doing so. Yeah, um, I mean, I can bore, um, in fact, we both can. We can bore anyone to tears talking about cricket, can't we? Well, absolutely. And you know what? If if that's what it's done, then we apologise. But um, you know, we've, maybe maybe we we recommend that these get listened to as people are trying to get to sleep um, over over the coming the coming weeks. <laughs> but but thank, thank you very much for your time mate massively appreciated um, and whenever this does go out I'm sure people will enjoy the, the insight into what was um, a couple of very contrasting seasons but particularly nice to sort of reminisce back on 2018 and all of the success there yeah it was really good mate and uh, thanks for all the, the other stuff you're doing for the club as well I'm sure if anyone doesn't know Matt's behind 99% of the content that's going out daily at the moment so yeah keep it up mate I will do my best, mate, and thank you. But it's uh, it's all to keep people entertained and and interacting, so it's worth it. Ah, uh, good man. Uh, I'm sure I'll speak to you very soon because we've been speaking pretty much daily anyway. Well, yeah, we keep talking about cricket, mate. So uh, we'll, we'll we'll keep enjoying it as much as we can, even without actually playing any of it. So it's it's standard for us, isn't it, really? Yeah, sounds good, mate. I'll uh, speak to you soon. Yeah. Fine. Cheers, mate.